0: Listener supported. WNYC Studios. All right. From WNYC Studios, this is Nancy with your hosts Tobin Lowe and Kathy Tu. Amazing. Are you trying are you, to get my number? What's going on? Is that what's happening?
1: Are you hitting on me?
0: Stop. Um, excuse me. Excuse me. Fluidity, baby. Kathy. Tobin. So we're going to go back in time a little bit.
1: Okay, how far back?
0: Back to 2014. Okay. Barack Obama is president. The mm-hmm. Winter Olympics are happening in Sochi. Everyone's doing the Ice Bucket Challenge. Okay, got it. And also, a groundbreaking show makes its debut. Transparent. I remember that. And the show lands at this moment where transgender rights are just starting to reach the mainstream but slowly and sometimes with a lot of problems. Caitlyn Jenner hasn't come out yet. Mm -hmm. Jared Leto wins an Oscar for playing a trans character even though he is not trans. Right. Laverne Cox has to explain to Katie Couric why it's not okay to ask about a trans person's genitalia on TV. Oh my
1: God. And I just remember feeling like this show, it arrived at just the right moment.
0: Yeah, totally. So for people who haven't seen it, Transparent is about a trans woman coming out to her family late in life. And all of the characters felt really real, especially in the ways that they were imperfect, difficult, even sometimes unlikable.
1: I love you, kids. I love you, kids. <gasps> it is cancer. Daddy, oh, my are you God. are dying? Just you're tell right. us if you're dying. I knew it was cancer.
2: Daddy, are you dying? I don't in think cancer. he has cancer. Dad, just, just tell us tell if you're dying. Looks we have cancer.
0: He looks good. Thank you. good.
2: It doesn't matter how he looks. Uh, Remember Jill Goldberg? Yeah. She had a
0: melanoma for three years. They, didn't, they couldn't see it, and boom, she's dead. Jill Goldberg is dead? But the show also wasn't without controversy. The fact that the main character, Mara, was played by a cisgender male actor, Jeffrey Tambor, made a lot of trans people angry. In later seasons, we got to see a lot more trans actors in supporting roles, and the show was known for hiring trans writers and crew behind the scenes.
1: But after the last season wrapped, it was widely reported that Jeffrey Tambor had been accused of harassment during production, charges he has denied. He was fired from the show, and Transparent went from critical darling to maybe over.
0: The creator of Transparent is Jill Soloway, who identifies as gender non-binary. Before Transparent, they worked on shows like Six Feet Under, United States of Terror, and now they have a new book out called She Wants It, Desire, Power, and Toppling the Patriarchy. And you know, Jill is a complicated public figure. Some people feel like they haven't done enough to reckon with what happened on the show while it was going on, or even now. In a lot of ways, this book is Jill's attempt to talk about it and explain their understanding of their own gender and how that's evolved.
1: We talked about a lot of that when they came into the studio, but we started the conversation before Transparent. I heard the story about how they almost got a job at the show Glee, but got turned down by Glee's creator, Ryan Murphy, and I wanted to ask them about that.
2: Yeah, it was just this moment. I actually want to make sure that I don't want to continue putting air into some idea that Ryan Murphy wronged me. <laughs> because I totally worship him and I'm so glad he's doing what he's doing. And mm. um, But it was a, a moment for me where I thought I was going in one direction and went in another. I like super duper heavily, heavily prepared for a meeting where I thought I was going to be working on Glee and just kind of saw it as my life path in this moment when I was sort of at rock bottom financially and hadn't gotten a job for a really long time and had been trying to get my own thing going, get my own thing going, make my own show and realizing, okay, I'm not going to be able to get my own show going. You have to go work on another show. I thought that Glee was going to be my golden ticket to rescue me from poverty and had these great meetings, was told I got the job, pop the champagne. And then I started to celebrate and imagine my new life working on Glee and then the offer didn't come the offer didn't come the next day the phone didn't ring the phone didn't ring the phone didn't ring the phone didn't ring, phone didn't ring. i called my agent I'm like what's going on with the glee offer and they're like okay i have to tell you something they asked around about you <gasps> word is you're difficult
0: really
1: what does that mean
2: <laughs> i don't know i mean maybe just that i vigorously wanted my own thing hmm maybe that's it was a good thing that meant i wanted to make my own thing happen maybe i'm too bossy
1: like you had ideas.
2: <laughs> I, I think it's, it could be a gendered thing. You know, men don't really get that. But uh. I think women get a thing where you have a lot of ideas and they're coming out of the face of a lady. You have to be kind of careful of how you express them. Yeah. You gotcha. can't vigorously say, I want this and I want that because it sounds upsetting coming from a woman, I think. right. Uh, that's, which brings us to the theme of the book. She wants it. It's hard to have artistic, creative, political desire when desire is something that is shamed in women
0: mm. and girls yeah, from an early age.
1: That's true. I feel that.
0: Right, right. Well, and so then, you know, speaking about sort of hitting this glass ceiling in your career, you then go on to start Topple, which is your production company. Um, and it's, you sort of created this very intentionally inclusive and open space. Uh, and I was wondering if you could talk about, like, what were the things that you did to foster that at your company?
2: Um, well, we let's see. We have some topple principles that name what we're up to and what we're doing. And certain things like our revolution must be intersectional, um, gather often, things, you know, about, like, not throwing people under the bus, um, emotionally connecting, process over product. So... There are all these kind of like little sort of secret, tweaky, anti-capitalism hacks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, of course we want to have a great product. Of course we want it to be marketed to the world. Of course we want everybody to love it. But we don't focus on those things when we're making things. We focus on how it feels to be in the room with each other mm-hmm. and making sure that the process has integrity. People feel safe. People feel inspired to go to their risk spaces. And that's, that's our formula.
1: Um, and then, you know, from there, moving on to, like, sets, like, on Transparent, I I read that you um, had people go to workshops. You made sure to hire trans actors and crew members and stuff like that. And even with all of that really great intention, like, something like the, the situation with Jeffrey Tambor still happened. And I'm, like, I just wonder if you could talk a little bit more about that.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, at first I was feeling really, like, wow, does this mean that all of our principles were bullshit if this could still happen on our set? Mm. Yeah, yeah. And then I really reminded myself, this is a reckoning, this is a tsunami that's happening on the entire planet. It's not just happening to us, it's happening to everybody, anywhere where there are men in power. um, People are starting to reclaim the right to be in the world without being exposed to toxic male power. And so for me as somebody who's been saying topple the patriarchy for all of these years mm-hmm. and for me as somebody who's been believing in this revolution i had to take you know eventually had to find a way to take my own personal feelings my feelings of hurt feelings you know how could this happen and anything that would be self-centered or shame-based like oh my god what did we do wrong which of course are huge questions that i and all of us had to go through important questions but um it was such a cultural shift, such a huge moral reckoning for every single person in the country and all workplaces that, you know, I felt like, of course, it could happen to us as well.
0: Yeah. Well, and you write in your book about how a lot of the first wave of emotions that seemed to hit you was about like, oh, no, the show is going to go down, like all these opportunities for people like in our cast and crew and the storytelling is potentially going to go away. Um, And I I feel like that must have been very complicated for you to navigate.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it definitely was. It's – I think I felt like I was in a very particular position, Hmm. being somebody who was vigorously – waving the Time's Up flag. Mm. Where I was like, this is the, I called it like the HQ70 show. That's, if you're into old Dewey Decimal numbers, the HQ70s are where you find all the queer Jews. Oh. <laughs> Magnus Hirschfeld <laughs> and Sarah that. Schulman. And anybody who's writing about gender and Judaism is in the HQ70s. And I sort of had this like, we're the only HQ70 show that has ever been, mm. and maybe will ever be. And now it's about to be gone. Mm. And... Yeah, so it was for reasons like that, for sort of, this is my family. This is a story based on my family. I really wanted to protect the show. And it was really hard for me to get past my feelings of protecting the show and relating humanly to the women who were coming forward. Mm. And I got there, and, you know, I wish I had been able to get there instantly.
1: Mm. Um, well, sort of speaking about protecting the show kind of going forward, um, I personally have a hard time separating art and artist um, and I feel like that's a, almost everything is political now at this point. Um, I guess my question is, uh, how do you, like, I guess, how do you still think about Jeffrey Tambor's performance on the show?
2: Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I love Jeffrey, of course. I worked with him for so many years, and everybody in our family feels emotionally close to him, just as we do with Trace Lazette and Van Barnes we feel um, equally attached to all of the people in our family and all of their humanity is important to us equally. Everybody's humanity is equally important. Um, You know, I think it's going to just take a little bit of time to ask ourselves what his performance means. And it means different things to different people. I think trans people have always felt that he was in the wrong role and have always felt hurt by seeing a cis man playing a trans woman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, There are a lot of cis people out there for whom this was the perfect way to understand transness, because he represented an American dad in Arrested Development that they could understand, oh, wow, dad's changing. So for a certain percentage of kind of straight, cis, popular culture audience, Jeffrey Tambor actually made the most sense, probably. Yeah. So... There's a fifth season, which is a movie musical that we're working on right now.
1: Mm. I'm so excited about
2: this. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to try to do a really surprising twist on this question of, like, who plays Mora. Huh. And it's a very queer-centric and trans-centric processing of what happened. And a cap on the creation of Transparent, as well as a tunnel to a new world Mm -hmm. the world of music and the world of musicals so in some ways we see the show transitioning and we see the show transitioning into a musical and hopefully to go on to Broadway and to you know
1: oh my god that would be amazing yes
2: we've got the stuff we've got these really (laughs) beautiful original songs that my sister has been writing for a decade and we're choreographing right now and Amazon is letting us make a big old musical Sort of like somewhere between Jesus Christ Superstar and, you know, I don't know, what's a—and maybe—and Transparent. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> I kind of think, like, what's a really Jewish show? Um, it's like Transparent and, I guess, the Goldbergs. A little bit of Goldbergs. <laughs> a little bit of Jesus Christ Superstar. Some sort of like Flight of the
2: Concords tone. Some Rent in there. So, yeah, we're just having fun singing and dancing and remembering the joy of creating and the joy of this family and really just kind of stirring the pot and adding all the elements to just kind of get ourselves bubbling up again.
0: After the break, Jill Soloway talks about putting their personal life on screen and what it was like for those two worlds to intersect.
1: Nancy will be back in a minute. We're back to our conversation with Jill Soloway.
0: So, one of the things I found fascinating about Transparent and Jill is that they actually pulled a lot from their personal experience for the show. One of Jill's parents also came out as a trans woman, and a lot of what Jill and their family experience is reflected in what the character Mara goes through on the show with her kids.
1: I renamed him her, her him, what do I call him or her? I renamed him last night. I started calling her her Mapa. Mappa. Yeah, like mama and papa. Mapa. That's actually really sweet. It's not sweet, it's insanity. <laughs> By the way, Jill also calls their parent Mapa.
0: Um, so you write in your book about uh, the experience of having a parent come out to you, your Mapa. Um, having your Mappa come out to you as trans, what was that experience for you like at the time? And, and how has it changed for you over time? Yeah, it's kind of always
2: changing, and it's really nice to talk about it from my position now as a non-binary person who sometimes identifies as trans, as I'm trying to look back on the journey. The person who experienced that moment was cis, was straight, and was going like, holy shit, everything isn't as I thought. The person I am now looking back on it... um, was entering a door of freedom to reinvestigate my own relationship with gender and our family's legacy.
0: Mm.
2: And so, you know, the phone call has been many different things. It was one thing on the day it happened. And it gave birth, I think, to me really wanting to write transparent, almost in a way where I was running to get ahead of my anxiety. Mm. Like, if I can very quickly write something that makes all of this seem kind of cool... I'm going to be okay. And even the amount of fear I had in the short while following that phone call, I look back at and I think, oh, my God, I really had so much shame. I was afraid to tell certain people. I couldn't imagine telling certain people. And there were a lot of people in my life, people that I was really close to, who I didn't tell until I said, I'm working on a new project. I have a cut of the pilot. Would you like to watch it? They watch it, and then I would say, this is my story. Wow, Hmm. it was like the pilot allowed me to wrap it in gift wrap that made it okay for me to hand to somebody. Mm.
1: Um, Can you can you describe the scene in Transparent when uh, Maura comes out? So in the pilot,
2: Maura comes out to the audience at a support group.
1: I made a commitment here last week that I was going to come out to my kids, and I didn't do it because it just wasn't time. You know? They are so selfish.
2: And then I think we cut to, like, the second episode, which is, you know, Maura coming out to Sarah.
0: Are you, are you saying that you're going to start dressing up like a lady all the time? <laughs> I mean, all my life, my whole life I've been dressing up like a man.
1: Um, how... How similar was that to what happened uh, in real life?
2: In real life, my parent came out on the phone. It was actually my friend Nicole J. Georges, who's a cartoonist, who had such a beautiful reaction when I called her and told her. It was like I called my queer friends first because I had trans friends and queer friends, and I understood transness in my social life. Mm -hmm. It was just that my parent was from such a different generation, and also because I knew my parent as my father that i was just feeling this lack of equilibrium and nicole said something like oh my god it must be such a relief for her to get that fucking monkey suit off
1: <laughs> did uh, did you feel like you were able to in the pilot tell a version of the story that was more comforting for yourself
2: yeah, well, first of all, it wasn't us. It was people playing mm. people who, you know, were a few people removed from our family. So it had that emotional distance. Mm-hmm. So I could kind of empathize with my parent, imagining how she felt by writing a scene for Mora and her support group talking about her children being selfish. And it's sort of like I really wanted to take up residence in all sides of the perspective, Mm. mine and my sister's and my mom's and also Mm. my parents, my MAPA's, and allow everybody's perspectives to be valid and writing the pilot and, you know, the style of writing I learned from Alan Ball, What Six Feet Under is, this kind of moving narrator. It's a very anti-hero's journey. It's like, let's check in with everybody and everybody has a different perspective. There is no hero. There is no villain. Mm -hmm. You know, the villain is reality. The villain is life. The villain is trying to get through life. But we're all doing our best. And it was a way of me healing my family's understanding of
0: ourselves. You as a writer, it sounds like it allowed you to be compassionate in a way that maybe someone who doesn't have that might not have been in this moment when your MAPA came out to you.
2: Yeah. yeah. I I mean, I think I was definitely compassionate, for sure. You know, it was really very hard for me to imagine that at the age of 75, she had held this her entire life. That seemed really, really sad. But also I was so proud of her and so amazed that she had taken the steps to get to the place where she could come out. I mean, what mm-hmm. what a journey, what a person. I'm always reminding her, you know, you changed the world, Mapa. You changed the world. You know, she says, you changed the world, Jillian. I go, no, you did actually. You could have gone to your grave with this. I could have never known. And you knew you had to tell us. Mm-hmm. And by telling us, we all changed. And Mm. I got to write this show that changed so many people. And so many people come up to me and say, I came out because of your show. I used your show to come out. You know, same thing. Watch this show. Okay, we have to talk. So the promise of what can happen from one person sharing their truth with another, a person turning their need to be okay into art, and how the specificity of that, Emotional work can translate to other people. It's, it's kind of mind-blowing. I feel so lucky.
1: Has that come back into your life, like, for you to come out to maybe the other parts of your family, like your sons, um, about being non-binary? Yeah, it's a it's a very
2: kind of, like, gentle journey. Mm. My non binary is this thing where, like, I think for the past, you know, two or three years, I've kept checking in with myself and going, like, is this really true? Are you really non-binary? Are you making this up? Like, what is this thing you're saying about yourself? Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Could you stop being this today? Um, What if somebody said you're not non-binary, you have to be a woman? You know, would you be upset? And like, yeah, I, I actually would be really upset. I have to remind myself over and over again. Oh, this designation that says you are neither a man nor a woman. In some ways, you're both. Sometimes you're either. You're constantly moving back and forth between one and the other, or you're neither, all the time, actually feels like a very comfortable, safe idea of how I want to feel and who I want to be, Mm. that I'm neither, both, either, and constantly able to change from neither, both, either, all the time. Mm. What an amazing place to move through the world.
0: Well, so with this awareness you're gathering of sort of how gender is operating in your life and in the world, how do you talk about it with your sons? How do you talk about gender with your sons?
2: My older son is in his 20s, and he goes to the new school. So he gets it. Uh (laughs) There's no environment that he enters where people aren't always naming their pronouns. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: When I talked to Isaac about my MAPA, um, way before I was even thinking about my own gender, Isaac understood my parents' transness in a really natural way before I did. Mm. And my younger uh, son is 9 and... Yeah, he's he gets it, too. I mean, you know, I'm still mostly mom and she around the house and I don't ever hassle anybody if they say she or her. So Mm -hmm. I say I use both pronouns. I use she and her. And I also use they and them because there are many places where it's just easier to identify as she and her and not make a big deal out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who listens to this audience, but, like, if there are any young people listening to us talk right now, they'd be like, duh, 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 duh. I know this. I know this. (laughs) Duh, duh. Boring, 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 boring. You know, if you look at, like, Tumblr, like, we're way behind. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about this thing of, like, non-binary as if it's like, and so there's this thing which is neither male nor female. Like, I'm acting like it's really important. Like, 25% of people under the age of 18 apparently in California identify as non-binary.
1: Yeah. Wow. I did not know that. bad. So
2: yeah. <laughs> any kids are listening to this, they're really embarrassed for us, for being so, <laughs> such fucking grandpas and grandmas right now, because they're all like, yeah, duh.
1: Jill Soloway's new book, She Wants It, is out now. For season five of Transparent, you're going to have to keep waiting. right, credits time.
0: Producers. Matt
1: Collette and Matt Brassica.
0: Production fellow.
1: Temi Fakbenle. Sound designer. Jeremy Bloom. Editor. Jenny Lawton.
0: Executive producer.
1: Paula Schumann. I'm Tobin Lowe. I'm Kathy Tu.
0: And Nancy is a production of WNYC Studios. Barack Obama is president, the Winter Olympics are happening in Sochi, everyone's doing the Ice Bucket Challenge. Oh my
1: god, I did that.
0: And also, a groundbreaking show... Wow, I actually have to stop. (laughs) I just computed that you said that you did it.
1: I'm surprised you just kept going. (laughs)